I'm Randy Rohde, and I'm fascinated with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Plus, I love baseball. Every show, I sit down with a small business owner, and we discuss their running the bases of entrepreneurship. We throw the ball around on strategy, management, execution, and innovation. Plus, a little fun baseball talk. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say. Play ball. All right. It's a great day for a ball game. You know, I always say that just because I love baseball, and I always think every day is a good day for a game. So anyway, there we go. I'm Randy Rohde, and you are listening Running the Bases with Small Businesses. Today, we're pretty excited. Another first on the show, but let me roll through it here. We've got, he's a world traveler. He runs. I just found that out actually just more recently. Listen to this, though. This is pretty amazing. He has been recognized in U.S. News and World Report as a best lawyer for commercial litigation, not just one year, but for the last three years running. That is pretty pretty impressive, I guess, unless you just bought that title. I don't know. I didn't buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's also the founder and partner of KDG Law Firm right here in Sugar and Falls. And that is Kaufman Drizdowski. Did I get that right? You got it. Okay. And Grindel, and I'm happy to have the latter with us, Henry Grindel. Henry, Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. There we go. I'm telling you, that was a mouthful, all of that stuff, right? Yes, it is. All right. And I said, you are a first on the show. You're the first attorney we've had on the show. I am honored. I'm greatly uh, honored. And, and that has been intentional not to have too many on here. But <laughs> Yeah, I'm not surprised, but <laughs> hopefully I'll be a little bit different than your expectations. Yeah. Mm. Do you like lawyer jokes? Uh you know what? Do you I'm, get tired of them? No, what? you know what? I'm okay with lawyer jokes. You know, but good lawyer jokes. You know, a good lawyer joke is one where it actually is something specific about lawyering, not just you know. The one joke I think about is the uh, uh, you know the only lawyer joke I know is the uh, um, what is what is a uh, hundred lawyers at the bottom of a lake. A good start. Uh, okay. Yeah, you, know, you could do that about anybody else. So that's not a good lawyer joke, but it's the only one I can remember. So that's good. All right. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything prepared from a lawyer joke. Cause Did I, I had, take your joke? <laughs> I, no, right, but good. that's a good one. I'll roll with that one. I'll remember that one, though. All right. So, listen, so you've been practicing law for like 26 years, as I read through your bio. Give us some background on it. What is that like, 26 years? How did you start? How did it, like, roll through? Yeah. You know, it's funny because it was 26 years. Well, it is 26 years in November, and you know, it, it happened in a flash, really. I mean, I can't believe it's 26 years. But, you know, you graduate in 1994. Uh, the market was kind of tough. So I got my first job working for a judge. So I worked, it was, it was, they call it law clerk. Now they call them staff attorneys. But um, that was out in Lake County. This was a tough judge. He was sort of the hanging judge of Lake County. Oh. But he was, to me, it was the best way to start my career. He was, um, you know, he was very, he was a great instructor. He uh, was very patient. He let me listen to anything I want. I could sit in on hearings and really was a, just a, a great way to start a career. Uh, from there, I went to uh, downtown. So I worked for a couple of law firms downtown. That was about 10 years worth there. How long are you with the judge? 
Uh, two years. Two years. Yeah, okay. those are two-year clerkships. So okay. it's it's pretty much two years, and then you move on. Any much, any much, you know, much longer than that, it you know, it, it's time to actually do it. Versus- you're you're kind of like the minor league player. There, it's like, listen, if you can't demonstrate in two years, yeah. to you know, it's yeah. you may want to think about something. Go find another job, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, from there, I went downtown, and I ended up working with uh, a couple uh, big firms downtown. Uh, the second one was about seven years. Um, I got to know one client really well, an insurance company. We got some good results for them. They ended up getting to the stage in their career where they uh, were ready to hire the first lawyer. So uh, I was he, I was that. Uh, I became the first lawyer of the company. So I I started that in 2005. And then um, 2012, we sold the company uh, to a big conglomerate out of Texas. Uh, They Mm -hmm. gave me an offer to go to Texas, which I turned down because I have family here and my kids were in high school and it just didn't make sense at the time. Where at in Texas? Uh, McKinney. So it's a suburb of Dallas. Dallas, Okay. Yeah. I like, I like Texas. Texas is great. I think. uh, Yeah. You know, I've been there a few times. I haven't spent enough time in Texas to really get a good handle on it. Yeah. There you go. But I like, I I agree. You know, Chagrin Falls is a great place for the kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we have, you know, we've just loved being here. Yeah. But so um, after that, I ended up uh, coming back and ultimately started our practice. It's Kaufman, Dresdowski, and Grendel. We're all kind of experienced lawyers who worked in big firms downtown, but also worked uh, for companies. We have several guys, who, uh, several lawyers who were general counsels. That, that was my position at Family Heritage, my insurance right, company. Right. Um, it was general counsel. So I was chief lawyer for the company, but several of our uh, other attorneys uh, have that background. So we kind of pose ourselves as as lawyers who know business from the inside, but you know have practiced at the highest levels downtown. So All right. Yeah. That's quite a journey. Indeed it is. (laughs) (laughs) As I like to say, you're kind of the grizzled veteran on the bus here. Yeah. So you've got some mileage. Yeah. Yeah, it is some mileage. You know, I've- It's uh, good. It's right. It's the experience. You're the guy who I would want at the table. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I do have a little- broader experience than some, you know, some lawyers do the same thing for the whole career and and move on. I've been, you know, it's always been business law, but whether working inside a company or working, you know, outside for companies, you know, I've had, and then even worked for a judge and I've got, I've been around the block a few times and, you know, different, uh, different blocks. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Right. Right. So here you are KDG law. Mm -hmm. Um, and it does roll. That's nice. Right. Yeah. Four years strong. Mm -hmm. So I know you know, I did a little background. I mean, the insurance company, you guys sold that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you walked away nicely equipped, we'll say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, had you it know. been longer than 10 years, it would have been better equipped. Well, okay. seven, it was about seven years we sold it at, so yeah, did okay. But yeah. Mm, yep. So going into private practice, I mean, that's mm-hmm. a, that was a whole new venture. Why did you decide to go that route instead of like continuing with a general counsel role in a corporation. Yeah. You know, the, uh, first of all, the general counsel jobs are are tough to get. There's very few of them out there and Mm -hmm. um, you really have to kind of fit a niche and um, every company has their own. I'm always amazed at the different things companies do, you know, multi-million dollar companies that are junkyards, you know, multi-million dollar companies that do very narrow things and they look to find lawyers. And a lot of times those jobs are filled by people who've done outside work for them, like how I got my job. Sure. But, you know, the other thing is that when I was leaving my firm to start with the company, you know, I was at the stage where I was, I was just about ready to become a partner. The difference between an associate and a partner in a, in a big law firm is associates do a lot of the, the actual work, you know, the actual grunt laboring or on, on 
you know, in a bigger firm, a bigger case. Um, when you become a partner, it oftentimes becomes more about finding clients and finding work and um, ultimately doing those, the big moments in cases. But, mm. and I was kind of on that stage. So I, I got this great offer right before I hit that stage. So I kind of had the desire to, to, to go and do it myself and try to try to build a business. Right. And uh, that, cause that's where I, where I left. Uh, that's where I'm at now. So, you know, it's been four years, uh, four years at KDG. You know, I'm out building a business. I'm like any right. other entrepreneur. Right. And I probably spend more time um, doing podcasts or <laughs> going to, you know, chamber of commerce events and talking uh-huh. to people uh, as I do law. But yeah. I'm, I've done a lot of law in my time, you know, 26 years. I know how yeah. to do that, you know, but it's really building a business. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. That's interesting that you kind of present it that way because I, I have a daughter, she's 13 mm-hmm. and uh, she thinks that she wants to be an attorney. Oh, God uh, bless her. <laughs> I know. As much as I try to dissuade her. Uh, um, they need help. <laughs> yes. But. She was very excited that you're going to be on the show because mm. she. I tell my kids, "Hey, I've got you know blah 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 coming on, and this is what they do." Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, "Oh, oh, you know." And if she wasn't in school, I'd actually I think she would have enjoyed just kind of being yeah. here. So, but she said, "I've got a question. You got to ask him this question." Mm-hmm. All right, it was, "How do you become a lawyer?" And before you answer, I told her, "I said, well, you have to go to school. Mm-hmm. You've got to." get and earn the credentials. And then beyond that, it's just like starting any other small business. Mm-hmm. Now that's what I tell her. I don't know. What do you think? Is it right? Wrong? Yeah. You know, the, uh, the way to, to start a small business as a lawyer, I mean, that is what they call hanging out a shingle or hanging right? a shingle. Yeah. That's, that's, I have a, I have a good buddy who did that. You know, he's got a great practice now and he, you know, he does, you know, great work. Um, but it's not hard. It's not easy. The advantage of me, I started with a judge. So right. my judge showed me the lay of the land and he made sure I understood and he gave me insight. You know, I've been doing this for 26 years. Right. At that time, he'd been doing it for 35 years, wow. uh, retired at 70. You know, he told me, you know, a lot of things that, you know, otherwise you learn the hard way. Right. And uh, I'm working for my firms, you know, the um, I, I'm always amazed, you know, both firms I worked at were very good. The second one was, like say, one of the biggest firms in town. And there was nothing I didn't do that I didn't talk through with a partner, that they didn't review what I had wrote, um, and that, you know, it was a, a, a second set of really experienced eyes from real, I mean, they were really good lawyers. And, you know, it wasn't always the easiest thing, getting your document that you labored over for hours, maybe on the weekends, and have it chopped up, you know, and say, you didn't get this right. Or, Man, no you know. kidding. I was just kind of like yeah. rolling through that in my mind, because as I've shared with folks in the past, I'm like, I, I want to know what I did wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't like being told what I did wrong. Well, and so I, there's a lot of like humility that you're throwing out there. Just you, as you you're develop, saying that, like, yeah. oh my gosh, everything you write out would drive me crazy. Everything. <laughs> and, you know, you develop a thick skin very quickly. <laughs> but the other thing is too, is that I've got to the point now that Everything I do, you know, I always I always give it to the client. I let them review. We talk about it. They can ask whatever questions they want. It's if they want to handle it a different way. At the end of the day, it's their case. Um, you know, I've got the my experience and my knowledge and my you know the the ability to to draw on on having done it enough times. Right. But at the end of the day, it's their issue, and you really got to honor that. But to go back to your daughter's question, I think the it helps to have um, to to start your career um, with other lawyers who are experienced because there's a lot of kind of craft to it and a lot, again, a mistakes that you make and a lot of judgment um, and that you really learn by, by doing it for, for a while mm-hmm. and having made the mistakes yourself. And I would imagine I, I could be completely wrong about this, but 
the number of years that you had and had been practicing prior mm-hmm. to starting KDG uh, founding, what do you say? Start found, yeah. you, you, you yeah. know, um, <laughs> that, well, you know, you lawyers, you guys are very precise. I know. You know? He has a specific <laughs> term, here, term yes. art. Yeah. I would imagine though, you, you probably came to the table with a lot of people like, they know Henry, they trust, they know this guy does great work. And so it probably, I'm guessing, wasn't all that difficult for you to kind of start like, hey, we're open and you probably have like 10 clients immediately or whatever the number was. But Yeah, it, it does help to have, um, you know, it's a network, you know, people right. who yeah. look at you as being, you know, they always talk, the, the term is a trusted advisor, Yeah, you know, and, and that's what your goal is. And whether it, it is a situation where you get a, a big case or a big matter out of someone or they're calling you up and you don't charge them because it's really just talking through an issue with the, you know, you like to, to ultimately you know, call your clients friends. Right. Um, it, it helps to have people, you know, and that's sure. where, you know, again, getting involved in organizations and, and, you know, working with people and, and it's a lot of it's referrals, you know, mm-hmm. people um, had a good experience with you. You help them out of a difficult situation and they, you know, ideally refer you to, to others. So here you are, you're kind of, you, you've had the opportunity to, do what you wanted to do, go start your own practice, be the one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the one who gets to scrutinize the other people's work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been the hardest part though of launching the firm? You know, I'd say there's a couple things, you know, first of all, when you're at a big firm, you've got a staff and there's, there's people who are there to do everything that, that involves uh, business. So, you know, you have accountants and you've got office administrators and assistants and HR people and people to take your documents to court for you. And, you know, you name it, they, they make sure that, you know, they want you billing and anything else that's outside of billing, they really don't want you doing. They have other people to, to, to do that for you. When you have a small business, you know, you've got to fill in all those gaps, you know, so I just did the contract for our, our you know, Westlaw, um, you know, which is our legal research uh, mm-hmm. function. So, you know, I, I had to deal with them and, and you know, sometimes it gets a little, you know, you're like, oh, I would, I'd rather get into this matter I've got, but, you know, someone's got to do the Westlaw contract. Yeah. You know, we have one, we really have just one uh, office manager for five members of the firm. Uh, we've got uh, two of counsel, so those are senior lawyers who um, you know don't work quite as much, but uh, they tend to need you know help with the computers and stuff. But right. and then uh, we have two part time, so there's really nine lawyers there who we really have one employee who's doing it. So that you know a lot of the the kind of the administrative stuff falls on the lawyers to do, and it's okay, you know, yeah. you just uh, do it. But that's the hard part is is doing that. Uh, the other thing is, is really is, is again, you've got to go out and get clients. You've got to, you know, the, the skill sets they teach you in law school, which is, you know, reading and writing and kind of thinking and critiquing and they, they don't teach you how to go out and get clients. I was just going to yeah. ask you, is that a class you take in law school? There is no class. So like I that. want to be yeah. sure my daughter understands this. Yeah. Like, no, you've, you know, this connection is really important. Yeah. The ability to network. Oh, it is. And um, that means, you know, you get involved in organizations, you talk right. to people, you make presentations, you know, you really are out there, um, you know, trying to, to let a people know what you do, but, mm. you know, be a, in a way a, a thought leader and, mm-hmm. and, and have people really just get um, to to know what what you know, and then in the right moment, you know, ideally they give you a phone call and uh, right. you're off and running. Yeah, but I would say that's not too dissimilar to many small businesses, and especially of service businesses where referrals are critical. Mm-hmm. You're out there, you're networking, you're trying to get known, and I think. 
you know, being an attorney, same way as me being a digital marketer, it's as people get to know, like, and trust, Mm -hmm. they will do business with you. And we take a similar position that we try to be that trusted advisor with our clients. And and that's the relationship that we try to build. But I think that's the way with any small business. They're like, Hey, yeah, get out, network, get to know people. That's a way to sustain business. I think in today's world. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good. Well, good words. I'll share that all with my daughter. We'll see what she says. Yeah. If she needs to, 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 talk. I won't charge her that much. Either. Oh, you won't yeah. charge her? I won't put her on retainer. Yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. So, Henry, here's the time. And it's time for the seventh inning stretch. All right. So, Henry, this is the moment of the show where we um, just take a little detour, talk a little bit about baseball. Um, and uh, our research team has done a great job. Historically, what we always try to do is find a question or a topic in baseball that's related to your industry. All right. So um, they've done another great job and talking about law and MLB. Okay. Now we've, um, we really have gone and looked at something really quite old. And have you ever heard of this thing called the baseball rule? There's a lot of rules in baseball. <laughs> there are a lot of, um, and but there this are is unwritten the, rules. And yes, but which but, one? But this is the very specific baseball wow. rule, quote unquote. I don't baseball think I know that. rule as it applies to law. Okay. Oh uh, well, I'm not sure, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now he's like, oh law. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what yeah, I do. Right, right. I should know the answer to this. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to throw you a curveball yeah. here, son. Yeah, I All, right. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the baseball rule. So this is where. The courts have actually found in favor of baseball teams in regards to liabilities yeah. on when a fan in the stands is hit mm-hmm. by a baseball or a bat. Gets whacked by a ball, yeah. yes. Yeah. right? There have been numerous attempts at trying to sue teams mm-hmm. because you know a fan was struck by a ball and all different kinds of things. So actually there is a baseball rule is mm. what it has been known to be called at this point. Any idea when that came when the first court's decision on yeah. this. Okay. So that's the question for you. The first court decision on the base creating the baseball uh, rule. Essentially on that issue. Wow. On that in fact it's the fans liability because you purchased a ticket mm-hmm. and you had the freedom to choose where you sat. Yeah. So you could have either have decided to seat in or sit in a protected area mm-hmm. or somewhere else where you where the risk was certainly reduced. Yeah. So the courts pushed it back onto the, onto the fan. Yeah. When was the first decision on so that? So as a lawyer, I'd ask, do you mean the trial court yeah, decision okay. or the uh, Supreme Court? Yeah. yeah, all right. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, ready, 1932. Not too bad. Nope. Not, I thought you were going to get it, actually, <laughs> as soon as you started yeah. coming out that second soul. Yeah. Uh, 1913. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you yeah. think baseball got, yes. you know, in the 1890s or so. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So obviously, I mean, this is, especially in the last five years or so, MLB is really is 
try to deal with this. Uh-huh. This is not your hard question, but any idea when the first protective netting was put in place at a at a stadium? Well, let's see. I'm thinking logically here. So in yeah. 1913, they said that the the people are are the, the courts on their made own. a decision. Yeah. Right. So uh, I would say um, protective netting was probably driven by the fact that they didn't want to get sued. So before be before 1913. How about 1905? Yeah. Good. Good lawyer. Good lawyer <laughs> thinking there. Uh, actually, even older than that, 1879. Wow. The Providence Grace. Wow. Yeah. See, they, they, were, they were all worried about getting sued. Yeah, they put this thing behind the uh, the home plate, and they called it, the uh, at that time, they called it the slaughter pit. <laughs> so you can, <laughs> you can only imagine. So yeah. uh, just another little factoid here, about 1,700 uh, fans are injured every year by foul balls. In just major the, league games? In major league games, wow. just by foul balls. So that's... Uh, well, well, you notice yeah. that they are, they're all extending how far the nets go out lately. Yes, and, yeah. yes, they are. Yeah. So That's a anyway, hot topic. So I'll give you this. You can, right. That's Thank a you. great story. Uh, yes, so thanks for playing. Now let's get back into it. Play ball! <laughs> all right, play ball. Uh, all right, so earlier at the top of the show, we mentioned uh, a world traveler. Mm-hmm. So um, you've been around, love Europe and stuff. You on your bio, you mentioned. I don't even know if I can even pronounce this. I don't know that I've ever heard of this. Bratislava. Bratislava. Yeah, doesn't it sound like exotic and middle? Yeah, it sounds. Well, I'm thinking it's got to be like in Hungary. Yeah, it's it's right next to it. Yeah, yeah, in Slovakia. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, I've never even heard of that. Is it a Still an independent country? Oh, well, or? Slovakia is the country. It's the capital. Okay. And, uh, That's the capital. So I'm like, yes. there's some country in that I've not heard of here. Yeah, this it is- was Czechoslovakia. <laughs> okay. So when it broke up, that's the Slovakia. And got, the got it, now. got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we did a, a Danube River Oh, uh, trip. you did one of those yeah, tours. Yeah, it was so river. much fun. We nice. it, was, it was my wife and I as our our. 25th wedding anniversary. Yeah. We both turned 50 that year mm. and my son graduated from high school and my daughter was getting ready to go off to a, a study abroad in Europe. So right. there was a bunch of things going on. So we set up this trip and, you know, we started in, uh, in Budapest and end up in Prague and took the, the Danube up the river. And one side trip, we were in Vienna. We took a little side trip over to Bratislava. Because it just sounded kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, just to say, like, yeah. you're probably the only person I've ever met that's from that that's has Bratislava. visited to Bratislava. It's, yeah, it's worth going. <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. All right. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. Any favorite place that you've traveled? Have hit? Besides Bratislava? Besides, yeah. yeah. Another trip we took, my parents took us on a, a um, Mediterranean cruise mm. out to the Eastern Mediterranean. So we were in Turkey and we were in Greece oh, and nice. Croatia yeah. and Montenegro. Yeah, yeah. Really kind of unique places. But you know the, the the city that kind of you know that kind of uh, you know really really impressed me that is this Budapest. It's how we mm. started this river cruise. My kids were at the age you know they were nineteen and twenty. And did did 20. you take the kids with? You? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, this was yeah. I'm not sure I would take my kids, but <laughs> you know what? It was again. My kids were in college <laughs> and they were getting ready to move on. It almost yeah. felt like a moment in life where they were getting ready to kind of leave the nest, and it just right. it worked out. But you know, Budapest is just a really cool city. It's yeah. the Danube goes to the middle, and it's on two banks of uh, of the river. Right. And one side's Buda, the other is Pest. And uh, you know, it's this old. They call it the Paris of the East. Uh-huh. And it's really. I have these great memories. We, you know, we went. They, the the big thing there are these baths. So we right. went to these baths, and it's an old 
kind of castle where they build a, a set of baths into it. So there's mm. a huge football-sized bath out in the, the middle of the courtyard of the castle. But then inside there's steams and hot baths and this and that. You know, so we did that. And then another day we had we had gone had a great dinner and there, there was, you know, boats that were tied up on the Danube. Yeah. And they turn them into like bars and restaurants. So we went up to this one late in the evening and, you know, you're looking at the other side of the Danube. There's boats going back and forth because it's a really big river. Right. And you're looking up, there's a castle above you and the lights are kind of twinkling and you just have these memories and, you yeah. know, we're just laughing and having a good time and it's... Uh, well, it sounds um, wonderful. Yeah, it's worth yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. I'd love yeah. to do that. I love, I've mm-hmm. seen like the commercials, I, I don't know, like on public TV or mm-hmm. something, you know, where they they always have the commercial of the river tours and like yeah. my wife and I was like, wow, that looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we would love that. And just, I, I do have to, Nick, Rory, of course, we would take you. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. So no, you have no choice now. Yes, yeah. of course we would. We would I've take. shamed you into it. Yes, you, you would come along. Well, right. that sounds uh, like a lot of fun. It was. Well, let's talk about back to being a lawyer mm-hmm. here. And, uh, people are like, oh, great. Do we have to? More? Um, right. <laughs> Uncle. So uh, the term, I mean, you are a business litigator, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Business litigation. I mean, it just sounds like, whoa, dun, yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> and, you know, especially in our world, kind of working with small businesses. So I'm sure you've get the chance to counsel business owners, obviously, and what you do. What are some of the constant things that you see as potential issues or hazards for business owners that that continually pop up? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I I do business litigation. It's a lot of my practice. I also do though, you know, 10 years in-house, I was also a corporate attorney. So I always kind of say, and I used to say it, you know, to my my boss at the old place, you know, he'd want to do certain things. I'd say, Howard, we can talk about that. And, you know, I can advise you um, how to stay out of the problem, or I can help you after, you know, the problem is off and running (laughs) and he'd roll his eyes. And and it's very expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the, the, the biggest thing is, is really dealing with issues when they arise. Usually these legal issues that come up, they're oftentimes buried in thick documents, and there's a lot of words and mumbo jumbo that uh, um, you know that people really um, don't understand. And to go out and, and talk to a lawyer about it is it's a blank check I'm writing. I don't know what it's going to cost right, me. Right. You may not know a lawyer very well or someone you you, you really trust. And it, there is this reluctance uh, to go in and, and deal with it because it's easier not to. And there's right. more pressing issues oftentimes. You know, business is about selling. And if you're not selling, then it doesn't matter what legal issues you have because, right. you know, you don't have a business. <laughs> I, you know, the, the, the biggest issue is, is I think, when I, I see it from when you're in litigation from the, the, the back end when, you know, they, they didn't deal with it. It's really to you almost have to bite the bullet and, and, and just force yourself to, to really just figure out what's going on and get a handle on it. A lot of lawyers, I will do it. I'm fine with taking phone calls from people. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always got to be careful because mm-hmm. I can't give legal advice right. to someone who's not a client. But, you know, if I can get people oriented to the issue, I'm always happy to do that because mm-hmm. it's, you know, part of our duty as a lawyer is, and believe it or not, there are duties that we follow. We're supposed right. to be, um, you know, we're, we're officers of the court, really. You know what? I think it's, it's if I can help point someone in the right direction before, you know, they have to write a check or before mm-hmm. they have to commit to something, I, I never have a problem sitting down talking with someone about an issue and, and just really trying to get them situated. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out that it uh, you know doesn't result in, in business, maybe get the next time. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. I love how you kind of phrase that to help the people orient the issue, right? Mm-hmm. To, to kind of like essentially map it out a little bit so that they understand 
serious, not serious, yeah. something to deal with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. there are things that are not serious or there are things that, that a business owner can take care of themselves. And there's things that a business owner can understand the risk and say, yeah, uh, you know, this is one I'll handle. That's kind of the advantage of being, again, I was in, in a company right? and um, they didn't want me to over lawyer everything. I mean, again, they were, you know, believe it or not, they were interested in selling and making yeah. money and, you know, yeah. so they would want me to do it, be efficient and, and try to resolve things as quickly as possible and, right. and not take up time. They want to spend, figure out how to well make money. Along those lines and uh, understanding privacy issues, obviously, mm-hmm. but is there any incredible story you can share that we could learn from? You know, it, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this. The, the the best stories I have don't always come with the best lessons. Um, <laughs> you know, the I mean, I, I've had some great cases. Again, as a as a business litigator at a at a big firm, you know, I I worked on. Oh, you know, there was one insurance company uh, here in uh, town that went under. You know, in flames, the state came in and seized the operation. Wow, uh, there were criminal indictments. There was ultimately spun into lawsuits against the officers and directors and the some, one of the biggest firms in town, one of the biggest accounting companies in the world. You know, we brought in $23 million on that case. It was just, it was all over the papers. You know, it was a lot of fun to work on. I was part of a team, wow, but yeah. it was, it was fascinating. I've had a, I had a run of cases out in, uh, out, out East where a investment advisor, he stole about 12 million bucks from, uh, from clients, uh, resulted in about 20 or 30 different lawsuits. We mm. represented the the broker that they sold, uh, uh, securities through, um, this fellow who got himself in a, a financial problem. And there's a half dozen stories that come out of this, but sure. I recognize we don't have the time. <laughs> you know, he ultimately went, he was supposed to actually, he was supposed to appear for a, a, a hearing in my judges, my, where I started my career oh, really? in his chambers. Uh, instead of showing up there, he drove to Erie and he killed himself. Oh, um, yeah, just very dramatic. Um, and um, you know, it it he had he had kind of violated the trust. His father had started the business, violated uh, the trust, yeah. and uh, um, you know, we had his his uh, suicide notes, mm. and uh, it was just you know, it, it's it's kind of heartbreaking because he wasn't you know he wasn't living this lifestyle as far as we could tell. Right, he made bad bets in securities. You know, he oh. just he just. You know, the, the, the market got him yeah. and, um, you know, it was very unfortunate. So you see at that level in those type of cases, I mean, those are the, those are the most interesting stories. Mm-hmm. And again, there are side stories that come out of those situations that are fascinating. I mean, I always figure, I always figure if I wrote a book, you know, I've got a couple good starts right, right there, right. but you know, where the, 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 you said, you know, lessons we could learn. I kind of thought about that, you know, when I was preparing here. Right. Um, you know, the best stories are, are those type of stories where there's, you know, there's drama and newspapers right, and, right. and, you know, indictments flying everywhere. To me, the, the, I learned the best lesson from watching, you know, more experienced lawyers doing it. You know, I, I, there's guys whose preparation, I had no idea. And they were just, you know, and they walked into a, a deposition and they were questioning the other side. They're coming up with questions like, how did you ever do that? And, you know, instead of going chronological and just asking how the right. story went, these guys kind of, they, they had their own sense of organization because they understood it so well. Right. And that's where you're ahead of the other guy. And, and, and that's where you do your best job. I've got guys, I, I, I know very complex situations where I remember as a young lawyer, I would say, oh, we can't agree to that. And I remember one old partner, uh, older, he'd be offended if I said that, <laughs> one older partner. Um, I remember he's like, why do we care? Why do we care about that? And I'm like, 
It's a good point. Why do we care? Yeah. And you know, it, it was kind of a, a lesson I learned that you know you really got to you know keep your ready, keep your eye on the ball, there and uh, um, look for you know what what really matters, right. and set the other stuff aside. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's where I learned my lessons, and that's you know I think those are lessons that are good for are good for business people to learn too. You know, preparation and and keep staying focused. Um, those are all um, I think topics that that you know help you you build your business. I love that. Uh, well, hey, I love the keep your eye on the ball, I mm-hmm. think. But it almost kind of harkens back to what you were saying earlier. I was looking at my notes here about where you know you kind of deal with issues as they arise. So probably the best lesson is like deal with it before it just gets unyieldy, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, there's some things that, you know, you you look at the 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 client, you say, Oh, if you had come here two or three months ago, if right. you'd given me this letter before, had you just called me, <laughs> yeah. you know, the 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 grief I could have saved you. But Everybody learns, you know, uh, you know I mean, the, I, I'd like to think that everybody, you know, takes advice when it's given to you, but I have kids. I know better. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, uh, um, that's funny you say that. Cause in my mind, I was like, yeah, no, man, my kids, I'm yeah. not like, yeah. So every parent on the planet uh, just immediately like, yes. yes. Oh, I, like I say mine, mine are both in college. Well, my daughter just graduated. Uh, you know what? You tell them and you look at them in their eyes. Yeah. You could see them like, they're like, dad, no, I, you, know, you, you don't know anything. I'm still waiting for the point where they yes, realize it. Yes. My freshman in high school gives me that oh. look every day. How, how was your day? You wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't that long ago. I was doing it myself, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Yeah. So you get involved in the community and you shared a little bit, some of that about why, but I'm wondering, you know, you serve on several boards. You're on a lot of committees. I mean, you and I sit together on the uh, the Chamber of Commerce board. Why do you do it? Why is it important to you? You know, it's, it's I, I mean, I enjoy, you know, the reality is, I mean, I like to say I like giving back, which kind of what you expect to hear when someone says that, but I like be doing things other than the law. And I like working with people in other contexts other than just, you know, doing legal things. You know, the, the one, uh, I'm on one board of a, of a school. Um, it's run by Catholic nuns who help special needs kids. Mm. Can you get a better organization than that? You know, nuns helping kids with special needs. Yeah. You know, I've done that for years and um, they're just good people involved and they're, they're working hard trying to do their best for for kids who have challenges. Mm. I mean, how could you not like that? You know, the, the chamber, I love doing the chamber. I love, you know, everything that we do for this, this community we have, the Chagrin Valley. It's just a great community. There's so many, so many good people out here, small businesses. Um, I do like, um, if I can take some of the experiences that I've had and, um, you know, help out an organization, it's, it's fun. Well, and I know the community absolutely appreciates uh, the effort and the time and the involvement that you give for that. It's been great serving with you on the, on the uh, on the board. And I knew from our very first board meeting that I sat in on, and we were involved in some kind of an issue. And you had your lawyer hat on <laughs> too, and you're like, yeah. "That dude's good. He's a good guy to have on the board." Yeah, well, <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, that is great. All right, so here we are. We're at the uh, the bottom of the ninth, Henry. And here's where we always kind of like to ask our guests, you know, what advice do you have for the rookies in the game? Are those folks just starting out in small business or thinking about small business, maybe been in business for a little bit of time. What kind of advice do you have for those folks? Yeah, you know, I, I've kind of said it before, but, and I, I really draw this from my old company. Again, my, my president and my old company he went and sold the first insurance policy in that company. He had been with a company that sold 
similar policies, but he went out, he got the funding together, and then he really literally knocked on the first door and sold that first insurance policy. Mm-hmm. And then he brought it up to about, we sold the company for about $250 million. Yeah. But one thing that he always says is, always said was that, you know, the first thing in business is that nothing, ha- or he says, nothing happens in business until something is sold. I said it before, but uh, there's lots of legal niceties out there. But at the end of the day, you've got to be able to sell your services. And then after that, once you, you, you get a plan for that, that's when you start looking at, you know, how do I do this the right way? Um, and who can help me do that? You know, do I have a, a good lawyer who can help me with issues? Do I have, you know, that's, that's where, where you branch out. I remember when I started at my company, I was talking to the, there was an attorney at the the, the parent company where he had gotten funding. And I remember when I, I went there, this was this attorney who I had worked with back at my firm. And again, we, you know, they hired me in and um, he was a Southern, big Southern guy and he mm. had a gravelly voice. And he said, Henry, you know, <laughs> so you talking to Bill Clinton. <laughs> nice. Um, but he said, you know, having a lawyer is part of the infrastructure for growth. Mm. And, you know, in that, the people who sell the, 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 the insurance can now focus on selling and you can have the lawyer focus on legal things. And, you know, at a much smaller level, that's what you do in a small business is that when you start to build it, after you've, you've figured out how to sell stuff, once you've figured out how to build it, you've got to figure out how to make yourself efficient and you do the things that, that make money and things that you're good at. And that's when you can start to offload issues on people like lawyers and accountants and bankers and you know, finance people, you know, that's as you, as you start to grow it, you really, that's where it it makes sense to bring in professionals Mm -hmm. and, you know, you can do what you do well, but you can have other people, you know, guys who've been practicing for 26 years, you know, have them handle legal issues. You won't be one of those people who, who say, I wish you were to call it two months ago. (laughs) I love the kind of that sage advice that, mm-hmm. that uh, a mentor had for you that, you know, nothing happens in business until you sell something, yeah. right? And it, it reminds me of some of the other advice. If you can sell, you'll never be out of work. Yeah, that's right. right. And, and it all kind of comes down to that point. That's the, uh, that's the initiator mm-hmm. of the business. All right. Well, that's great. So I know, uh, as you have said, hey, give them a call. You're open for having a coffee and taking a phone call. People can find you kdglegal.com. We'll have all of your contact information in the show notes as well. Henry, it's been great having you on the show. I, appreciate I really appreciate, appreciate the free counsel yeah. uh, and advice, And yeah. uh, but it's been great having you. I really do want to thank you for that. And for those people that are listening, hey, Thanks for joining us today. If you liked our show, tell your friends, subscribe, and we'd always love your review. And as we say, we'll see you around the ballpark. Running the Bases with Small Businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.